Welcome to the Anxious Poets mini poem casts. I'm the Anxious Poet, I'm Adrian Scott, and these will be short sharings of just one poem, a mini poem cast. Poetry is always better heard, I think, and heard more than once. It allows it to penetrate a little bit deeper. So I'm going to share the pieces a couple of times and then maybe a little bit of commentary about where it came from and then share the piece again all over a a piece of music. I'm grateful to Padrego Tuama, who I met in Ireland, a great poet, um, through David White. He started doing a thing called Poetry Unbound, a podcast under the On Being banner, and he shares all different kinds of poetry, his own and other people's. Uh, in a similar fashion so uh, I'm grateful to him for the idea I hope these will be a little antidote to a busy life or a busy day a way of entering another space just for a few minutes in order to reorientate ourselves I find poetry is a way of doing that it takes you into a different kind of space a different kind of dispensation so I offer these as as just, um, as Thomas Merton called them, raids on the unspeakable. Or William Blake said that silence and reverie in a day was a place the devil couldn't find. So uh, just a moment of reverie in a busy day. Thanks. This first mini-podcast is a poem called Falling. Falling. The Italian week uncurled like a tight-packed fern frond, each day a new disclosure replicating an unlooked-for, earthy, Tuscan generosity. Yet in some cynical corner of your autobiographical memory, a pre-sentiment of that stomach-churning lurch, that upending rug pull, endured lurking. Too many early losses producing a canker of distrust a balance sheet approach that says everything good will have to be paid for in a painful coinage. As you slid down the hill on that final day, guard down, it happened. The electric fence protecting the ripe vineyard was propped open with a stick. You crouched and thrust a leg through the aperture of freedom, only to kick the stick and slip back hand and full weight on the horse kick of shocking current. You knew it immediately for the moment of retribution, the payment to the ferryman, body drumming with energy and embarrassment, your luck run out. Yet, in the circle of reflection on the morning of departure, you saw all the rug pulls in another light and a voice said, you know, there is great power in your falling. The providence of upheaval opened its generous hand to you, reworking the territory of the past, exposing that the presence in loss is the impudent sprouting of a new life. The impudent sprouting of a new life. Falling. The Italian week uncurled like a tight-packed fern frond. 
each day a new disclosure replicating an unlooked-for earthy Tuscan generosity. Yet in some cynical corner of your autobiographical memory, a presentiment of that stomach-churning lurch, that upending rug pull, endured lurking. Too many early losses producing a canker of distrust, a balance sheet approach that says everything good will have to be paid for in a painful coinage. As you slid down the hill on that final day, guard down, it happened. The electric fence protecting the ripe vineyard was propped open with a stick. You crouched and thrust a leg through the aperture of freedom, only to kick the stick and slip back, hand and full weight on the horse kick of shocking current. You knew it immediately for the moment of retribution, the payment to the ferryman, body drumming with energy and embarrassment, your luck run out. Yet, in the circle of reflection on the morning of departure, you saw all the rug pulls in another light, and a voice said, you know, there is great power in your falling. The providence of upheaval opened its generous hand to you, reworking the territory of the past, exposing that the presence in loss is the impudent sprouting of new life. It's the impudent sprouting of a new life. This poem came from a, a trip we did with David White. He does these walking tours, which I've subsequently got involved in helping out with in the Lake District and in Ireland. But this one was in Tuscany and it was our 20th wedding anniversary. And we had decided instead of spending the money we had on double glazing to take this trip instead. And it had been a fabulous week. We'd really enjoyed it. It had been magical and beautiful and just the way Tuscany can be with its vineyards and olive groves and the poetry had been great and everything that was laid on in the week was, was wonderful. And it says the Italian week uncurled like a tight packed fern frond. Fern fronds are just replications of the same thing. And that's what it was like each day uncurled a bit more and it was just more of the same wonderful stuff. But as the poem says, in some cynical corner of your autobiographical memory, a pre-sentiment of that stomach-churning lurch, that upending rug pull endured lurking, I'd always had this experience when I was younger, that every time something was going well, something bad would happen. I lost my father, my mum had a breakdown. I, I just built up this sense that, as it says in the poem, too many early losses producing a canker of distrust, a balance sheet approach that says everything good will have to be paid for in a painful coinage. And I think a lot of us carry around that sense that somehow if it's good, just wait and it'll turn bad in the end. And there's some punitive angel, some devil waiting to just trip you up and catch you out. Um, and so you never let your guard down, you're never vulnerable. And as I say, as you slid down the hill on that final day, we went on a long walk um, and we were going to uh, this woman's house 
uh, in the countryside to have a barbecue and all the vineyards were full of ripe grapes. It was harvest time. And they were surrounded by electric fences to stop the deer and other animal eating them. And we had to go through one and someone had propped it open with a stick, pushed, keeping it, uh, uh, the lower and the higher wires open enough to squeeze through. And everyone else had been through it, except me. And I kind of crouched down and caught the stick with my leg, I don't know how I did it, and fell back onto the electric wire. And my wife tried to explain to me later the difference between volts and amps and that this would never kill me, but it was like being kicked by a horse. And it was, it was a shocking experience and I kind of leapt up and I was embarrassed and everyone crowded round me and I felt so foolish and also electrified. And my wife said to me, you're not going to have a heart attack, are you? And I, I, I wanted to say, no. And, but now you come to mention it, maybe I will. <laughs> um, and, and I was thrumming with the experience. And I, as we walked away and everyone kind of, you know, nothing to see here, I knew it, I felt, as the moment of retribution. I knew something would go wrong. I'd end up looking the fool. I'd end up messing up. It says, body drumming with energy and embarrassment, your luck run out. And that's how I felt. And I thought, yeah, there you go. And and logged it and we carried on. And, and the evening was wonderful and, and it was fine. And it was one of those humiliations which actually aren't that bad for you. Um, but I sat in, in the circle on the last morning. David often asked people to share some experience from the week. And I... I started to think about this falling and this experience and suddenly this voice, it was almost audible in my head, said, you know, there's great power in your falling. And it was one of those moments where all the things that had happened to me in the past played themselves out in my imagination. Real difficult losses and, and challenges like when my daughter, Laura, was little and on in Great Ormond Street on a life support machine and um, other losses that have happened in my life and broken relationships and and all the difficult things and I suddenly started to see that what I'd seen as rug pulls were not that that there was great power in those experiences to make me vulnerable and to open me up I remember the bishop that I worked for coming to see Lara when she was in she, she was in Great Ormond Street for 11 days on her life support machine which if she had any kind of hemorrhage they thinned her blood to pass it through an oxygenating machine if she had any kind of hemorrhage she would die and they'd have to turn the machine off and and one of the nurses says oh there's a man at the door who looks like uh, he says he's a bishop but he doesn't look like one and he was there in his parker he, he'd come straight from home when he heard what had happened, that we were in the hospital. And he sat with us, and he sat quietly and unobtrusively, and there was a little blonde girl in the bed next door, and he went and sat with her, and he talked to their parents. Then he came back, and we went out for, to have a cup of tea, and he said, I don't know how to say this to you, but um, I've rarely felt closer to the divine than I do by Lara's bed, but I also know she might die. And we felt exactly the same way that we were 
in the most tender vulnerability and yet we were in the presence of the possibility of death and loss but but the huge tenderness of love that was holding us it's a very powerful experience so i suddenly saw the providence of upheaval opened its generous hand to me reworking all those experiences exposing that the presence in loss is the impudent sprouting of a new life. That when we open up to those deeply vulnerable moments, we do find that impudent sprouting of a new life, a new story to tell. Even in the darkest moments, in the midst of this life, Dante says, I found myself in a darkened wood and the way had become obscure. And yet, and yet, he finds his way to paradise. Falling. The Italian week uncurled like a tight-packed fern frond, each day a new disclosure replicating an unlooked-for, earthy Tuscan generosity. Yet in some cynical corner of your autobiographical memory, a presentiment of that stomach-churning lurch, that upending rug pull endured lurking. Too many early losses producing a canker of distrust a balance sheet approach that says everything good, everything good will have to be paid for in a painful coinage. As you slid down the hill on that final day, guard down, it happened. The electric fence protecting the right vineyard was propped open with a stick. You crouched and thrust a leg through the aperture of freedom, only to kick the stick and slip back, hand and full weight on the horse kick of shocking current. You knew it immediately. You knew it immediately for the moment of retribution, the payment to the ferryman. Body drumming with energy and embarrassment. Your luck run out. Your luck run out. Yet in the circle of freedom, on the morning of departure, you saw all the rug pulls in another light. And a voice said, you know, there is great power in your falling. You saw all the rug pulls in another light and a voice said, you know, there is great power in your falling. The providence of upheaval opened its generous hand to you, reworking the territory of the past, exposing that the presence in loss is the impudent sprouting of a new life. The providence of upheaval opened its generous hand to you, reworking the territory of the past, exposing that the presence in loss is the impudent sprouting of a new life. The poem Falling can be found in my book Arriving in Magic. You can purchase copies at www.adriangrscott.com or on Amazon. The music, Juliet, by my good friend Graham Nash, not of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, but one of my oldest friends who lives in Sheffield. Thanks to him. Thanks for listening to this mini poem cast. Listen out for more in the weeks and months to come, wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks again. Bye.